My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 38 of The Kate Show. Guys, today I'm talking about something a little bit crazy. It's called backwards marketing, and I promise you it's not difficult, it's not rocket science, and it actually makes way too much sense. Now, let me just give you some background on this. I get a lot of DMs or direct messages and emails from people who say stuff like, I've been listening to your podcasts, and I'm always happy to hear that, of course, but then they say, I'm trying to implement everything that you're talking about, and I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I don't know where to start. I just know that I want to do all the things, which I totally get. I'm an overachiever and a perfectionist to the max as well, so I'm very familiar with the feeling of having a million things to do, and the only reason why you are doing them is because, well, you want to, and you want what's best for your business. So yeah, I totally get that. But backwards marketing is going to help you sort out the ideas that maybe just aren't a good fit for you. Because not everything I say and not everything any other marketer is going to say will be a good fit for your exact business. So I want today to be a time for you to sit down and sort out, yes, I should do this and no, I don't need to do that. Because there's nothing worse than putting time, effort, and even money towards a marketing effort that you never should have to begin with. I mean, that's frustrating. It detracts from the resources you could put towards things that would actually have a great return on investment for you. So let's just get started with the sorting and organizing of ideas. And I'm going to share with you my easy trick, which I have dubbed backwards marketing. You heard it first on the Kate Show, guys. And it's going to make this whole process so much easier for you. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Do you ever find yourself staring at Instagram and wondering, why the heck am I still on here? Is what I'm doing even making a difference in my business? Should I just quit all of this? Is social media a big chase your tail game? Is there ever any benefit? Am I doing the right things? Should I be posting more often? What should I be posting? What time of day? What day of the week? Oh my goodness, guys, this is why y'all are stressed out. And I totally get it because I have been there too. Now, I want you guys to understand that Like I said in the intro, not everything I'm telling you is going to be a good fit for you. You're the business owner and you get to make the choice ultimately of whether or not you do something. So everything I'm about to tell you should be taken with a grain of salt. But what I want to share with you first is my marketing burnout story. Because I came about my backwards marketing in, of course, a backwards way, because I decided to do all the things and be everything to everyone, and it didn't go so well. And I know you guys have heard a lot about my 
pre-niched business, which was called Capital Edits, and I was everything to everyone, but that's not even what I'm talking about today. Here's the crazy part. Even after I became a niche business and I really honed in on my ideal client and I offered marketing services only to people in the home industry, I still wasn't quite niched down enough because I was getting overwhelmed and I admittedly was starting to drop the ball on a few things, even though I kept hiring more and more people to help me. So what I realized is I needed to take a good hard look at what my goals were for my business so that I could adjust my marketing and my service offerings accordingly. Because I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but have you ever built your business to a point where it is running you instead of you running it? It's not a good feeling. And I just remember getting off the phone one day with someone who was you know a great client but I just felt so overwhelmed that I laid down on my office floor and stared at the ceiling. I kind of wanted to cry but I couldn't. I was too stressed out for tears. Have you ever been there? It's a real thing. Maybe guys don't understand but I feel like as women we have a very different way of managing our stress and we often internalize it. I've seen it in myself and in my customers again and again. As I laid on my office floor staring up at the ceiling, I asked myself what the heck I was doing. I didn't want to run the kind of business that I had kind of accidentally morphed into. I was offering too many services. I was marketing in too many different directions. And I was starting to lose sight of my passion. It was not a good situation. It led to a long email to my business coach in which I put the subject line as SOS. And it led to many long talks with my husband who is also the vice president of my business and one of my most trusted advisors. And we mapped out a plan to be more specific in what I'm offering, which directly affects how I'm marketing. And it actually makes marketing easier. So I'm starting with the end in mind. And after only a few weeks of implementing this, it already made huge changes in my business, positive changes. And I just wanted to dispel a myth right now that if you niche and get more and more niched, you're going to somehow lose business because quite honestly, the opposite is true. The more specific you are about who you serve and the more tight and right your service offerings are or your packages or your products, the more you can really serve people at a higher level, which makes it completely okay to do something like raise your prices or create a waiting list or all of the above and feel good about it because you know that your customers or clients are receiving above and beyond what you could have provided before when you were just overwhelmed, stressed out, and laying on your office floor. Because believe me, I can't help anyone when I'm laying on the floor. This overwhelm I'm talking about comes from multiple things. It comes from multiple directions for us. And some of it is so well-intentioned that I don't want to make any of you feel guilty for it because 
if you are listening to this podcast, you are likely an entrepreneur, not just a business owner. And that means you're willing to do just about anything to grow your business, even if that means losing sleep or compromising your health. I mean, I've been there, we've all done that, and it's not advisable, but we all have to figure that out for ourselves, it seems. So what I wanna do before I dive into the nitty gritty is share one more story with you and I don't talk about my family very much on the podcast, but I've got to tell a little story about my husband, Matt, because I was experiencing this with him and I felt like it was so similar to all the questions that I get asked and the emotional state of so many of you when you contact my team and you say you need help. I mean, there's a lot of panic. Like, you'd be surprised how many panicked emails I get. And I'm not a doctor, I'm a marketer. So I have to often remind people there's no such thing as a marketing emergency. But unfortunately, when we bury ourselves with all of these expectations and these so-called goals that we think we need to meet in our marketing for our businesses, we put so much pressure on ourselves that it actually changes our ability to make good judgment calls and make good decisions. So I've just got to share the story about my husband, Matt. So as many of you know, Right now, we are building a log home. It's our dream home. Yes, it's a huge deal to us. And I am so very excited to be living in it in spring 2019. But it's also a huge project. And there are so many moving parts. And unfortunately, things have not gone very smoothly. Here in Wisconsin, we've gotten so much rain. And I know it's nothing compared to the many people listening who've been affected by the hurricanes. So believe me, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Here in the Midwest, we've been affected in ways that have honestly surprised us because of just excessive amounts of water everywhere that won't go away. So you can imagine how difficult it is getting a foundation poured and trying to do exterior work when all it does is rain. Well, aside from that, we also had major issues with some of our bigger subcontractors. Now, thankfully, my husband is a general contractor. He's been a remodeling carpenter for about 13 years, and he gets this whole thing, and he's really, really good at it. But unfortunately, with so many things going wrong so quickly and trying to work with the weather on top of it all, it has been a stressful situation not just for him, but for me as well. And finally, he and I had to sit down and make a list of priorities for this house. Yes, everything has to get done, but no, not everything has to get done at once. We also had to adjust our expectations on a few things and be willing to pick our battles wisely. It has been quite the experience. The more we focused on all the little things that needed to be done and all the little things that just never went according to plan, the more it sucked our joy and our passion away from this project. And that's not at all what you want to happen, you know? I mean, when you're building your dream home, you think everything is just going to be like a fairy tale, right? Like it's just going to 
pop up out of the ground. You're going to move in. You're going to decorate it so it looks like Pinterest, Instagram, and HGTV all like got together and threw a party. But that's not reality. And I'm sure that many of you interior designers listening right now are like, oh my goodness, Kate, we could have told you that. Yeah, I know. But hey, the girl's got to have a dream, right? So once we figured out what were realistic goals and realistic expectations and we focused on everything that was going right because there are many things that are going right it totally changed our perspective it gave us renewed energy to work on things even the things that weren't going according to plan and you know it's the exact same thing in business When it comes to marketing our businesses, if we feel like we need to be doing all the things, and not only that, but doing them right this second, it will do nothing but give you analysis paralysis and make you extremely stressed out. And it will suck joy from the creative work in your business. It will show up on social media as forced and awkward and out of place. And that is not at all what we want your business to portray. So today we're going to talk about backwards marketing. Now, you already know that backwards marketing is starting with the end in mind. So if you have a goal in place, then you break down the steps that it will take to get there, starting from the very end to the very beginning. That way, when you start implementing step number one, you know that by step number seven, you are going to be on track to reach your goal. Approaching your marketing this way is going to help you in a number of ways. It's going to prevent all the aimless white noise and boring social media posts. It's going to prevent having a website that doesn't align with where you want to be in your business or with who you serve. It helps you know what your lead magnet should be. Now that can also be called an ebook, a free download, a freebie, you know, whatever you'd like to call it. It also helps you understand what topics you should be discussing in your email newsletter. And most of all, it clearly will show you whether your strategy and marketing is working or whether you're just spinning your wheels. And that means it will also prevent you wasting lots of time and lots of money. So we're gonna use a concrete example today to show you exactly how backwards marketing would work in the ideal scenario for someone who runs an interior design, home staging, or window treatment workroom business. Now, like I said, this could apply to other businesses as well, such as realtors or professional organizers, but for the sake of conciseness and because I serve the home industry, this has been tailored to you guys. So let's just break it down. I'm going to give you seven concrete steps pun intended, and three actionable tips that you can use to make sure you're not wasting your time marketing your business and that what you're doing will actually matter in the long run. Hey, interior designers. How much time are you currently spending creating floor plans, furniture arrangements, or sourcing product, or creating mood boards? Well, here's the good news. You do not have to keep spending many, many precious hours of your time on these things that you could actually hand off to someone else. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that you hire an employee or that you add another person to your in-house team because that's not always a good fit for everyone. From a legal and tax standpoint, having an employee can be expensive and it can also be risky, which is why I am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend Brittany Elms of My Design Assistant. So Brittany specializes in virtual assistant services exactly and specifically for interior designers so that you can spend more time growing your business, your brand, and getting the publicity that you deserve without spending hours creating those mood boards or sourcing those products. Because we know these things are very important to your design process, but the good news is it doesn't all have to be done by you. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start outsourcing things that you don't necessarily have to have your hands in, go over to mydesignassistant.com, check out Brittany's services, her reviews, and book a time with her online. Head over to mydesignassistant.com to get started. All right, I am just so thrilled to share all of this with you. So let's start with step number one. The first thing you need to do is choose a goal. So goal setting is often approached very vaguely and that's concerning to me because a goal is not just a wish or a desire that you have for your business. It's actually something that is measurable and that is intentional. If you don't have a measurable goal, you'll never know when you reach it and then you'll never know if your efforts are working and you'll always be left wondering and then you'll be back in the overwhelm and confusion states of mind and, and we don't wanna do that, right? So choose a goal that makes sense for your business and I'm gonna give you an example of a goal that I would use if I were running an interior design firm. I want the goal of adding 12 new subscribers to my mailing list per month. That's actually a very doable goal. And I say only a dozen subscribers because the worst thing you can do is set a goal that makes you feel overwhelmed or way too scared to take action. I love setting big goals, but we also need to be realistic because once you've accomplished one goal, the next one will be a little bigger, not because you'll be so much better or more deserving, but simply because you'll have more confidence. It all comes down to your confidence and your mindset. So we're just gonna say, as an interior designer or whatever you might happen to be, adding 12 people to your mailing list per month is going to be your goal. Now, how do we make that happen? Well, first we need to have a platform that will hold those subscribers, whether it's MailChimp, Constant Contact, or ConvertKit. I personally love using MailChimp because it's free for up to 2,000 subscribers, and it's kind of a no-brainer for small businesses. It also lets you set up different automations if you'd like to, or you can just use it to send your monthly email newsletter. I mean, it's really flexible. Now, the next step you'll need to have in place is a reason for those subscribers to get in that mailing list in the first place. So you can't go around and take people's information and put them in your list because that is unethical and will soon be illegal in the US just as it is in the European Union. But what you can do is offer people a good reason to join your list. And that often means putting a lead magnet out there, a freebie, an ebook, something that 
helps them with a problem they're facing right now. But in order to get that lead magnet out there and visible, you have to have a platform for it to sit on, and that would be your website. So do you see how all of this is falling into place? The end goal is more subscribers, but first you need a platform to hold the subscribers, a reason for them to join, and then you need a way for the lead magnet to be presented. So, so far you need MailChimp, a lead magnet, and a good website. You also need a method of sending the right leads to your website so they can get that freebie and get in your mailing list and become one of those 12 subscribers per month that you're trying to attract. So this is where social media comes into play. When you are posting on social media with the end goal of sending people to your website, it directly changes what you're posting and how and how often and when and so on and so forth because now you actually have a goal. But you need to make sure that you understand who you're trying to reach. Your goal should never be to just get more fans, more likes, because as many of you have heard me say again and again, more fans does not equal more money in your bank account. It does not mean your business is more profitable. Instead, you need to focus on attracting the right people. This means you need to understand what your ideal client is facing. You need to be familiar with their needs, their fears, their hopes and dreams. It means that you need to understand where your business fits in as the solution to their problems. And you also need to understand and be willing to be a real person on social media. And this is where I get the most pushback from people. I'm not suggesting that you air your dirty laundry on social media, not suggesting that you post a selfie every single day, although that has worked really, really well for certain people, myself included. What you need to do is just show up as a real person and show up as a interior designer or a stager second because people will connect with you far more quickly and far more deeply than they will connect with your business. Marketing is all about building relationships and it's hard to have a relationship with someone who doesn't share anything about themselves. This means whether you're posting on Instagram three times a week or every single day, one of your posts per week or even two posts per week should be just about you or about your family. You can showcase images from your portfolio all week long. You can share images from your colleagues. You can do all of that, but don't forget about you because if all you're doing is sharing other people's images or talking about your services, you're limiting your audience to people who are only interested in those things right now or who only need your services right now. And that makes for a very small group of people, even for those of you who have thousands of followers. So it is important for you to approach social media the way an influencer would. An influencer on social media shares parts of his or her life in a professional but personal way and not in a way that ever feels invasive. It can be as personal as you want it to be. And I suggest that you share your opinions on different topics, whether they are design or staging related or offering tips from the workroom or offering up your opinion on something totally separate, like 
healthy eating or your approach to exercise or uh, how you feel about your kids or your spouse, you know, as long as you keep your messages positive, they will simply attract more and more of your ideal client to you. Because wouldn't it just be awesome to work with a client who already likes you for who you are? That means they're already going to trust you. They're already going to find you valuable. They'll have no problem paying your consultation fee or your other fees for that matter. It makes your entire process a dream and it makes running your business a pleasure instead of feeling like you are just trying to navigate a bunch of unhappy or needy customers. Okay, so I can hear a few of you right now with my marketing superpowers saying, but wait a minute, Kate, now I feel really overwhelmed because you've just told me I need to put all these things into place just to accomplish a goal of sending people to my website and into my mailing list. So I'm going to give you guys a little sneaky shortcut. If you don't want to do all of these things, all you need to do is change your goal. You are in charge of the goals you set for your business. So perhaps right now your goal should simply be get an email newsletter out every four weeks. Why? Because that's the end of your sales funnel. It's a great way to get repeat business. It's a great way for people in your mailing list to forward that email and then have you get really great referrals from clients who already love you. And it's kind of a no-brainer, especially if your pipeline is looking a little sparse these days. So if you don't do anything that I've said today except for that one thing, you will still see positive results in your business. It might take one month, it might take three months, but consistency is key. So when you are choosing a goal for your business, make sure it's something that you can actually stick with. There's nothing worse than creating this awesome goal and these great action steps and then falling off the wagon two weeks later. Like how, how like upsetting is that? I mean, it will slowly erode your confidence and it will make you feel really bad about how you're marketing or not marketing your business. So I want you to be realistic about this. And like I said, if you do nothing else, simply send that monthly newsletter and worry about the social media and the other aspects later on when you can make them realistic goals for your business. To recap, the seven steps that you would need to reach this specific goal that I've used for sake of example of getting 12 new people on your mailing list every month, you would need to use a platform like MailChimp, you would need a lead magnet, that's step number two. Step number three would be a way for that lead magnet to be present and that's really easy because honestly most of you already have these three steps in place. You have a mass mailing provider, you have a lead magnet, and you have a website. But the next would be sending the right leads to your website. And that that fourth step tricks a lot of people because they think, okay, I just need to amass the likes and amass the followers. But no, 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 you certainly don't. You just need to be intentional about what you're posting, which leads to the next step of you need a reason for your ideal client to follow you on social media. And that means that you need to be posting relevant images and captions that align with what they need, want, or struggle with. Okay, so that's the next step. And then the three tips that I have for you is 
Number one, you need to know the intimate details about your ideal client and be willing to speak to them. Number two, you need to be willing to be personal and authentic online to build relationships with people who need you now and who will need you later. Number three, you need to remember that talking only about your services limits your audience to those who are only ready to work with you now and it ends up alienating the others. So those are my seven steps and three tips. And like I said, if you don't have time to implement these things and if you feel overwhelmed just by that, remember, sending an email newsletter is a great way to continue getting leads into your business, even if your mailing list has 30 people on it. I have seen this work with the smallest and the largest of lists. And if you're not sure how to create a newsletter, if you don't know what to say, if it also overwhelms you, I want you to go to socialitevault.com because I create email newsletters for interior designers and home stagers, and this is really helping people. I get emails so often saying, I just landed an $8,000 project, I just landed a $2,000 project, or I just booked three consultations this month, all because I sent an email newsletter. And I'm like, yeah, I know, it works. That's how I make money. That's how my customers are making their money. And it's done in a way that you can feel good about because it's offering value to the people who already love you, who are already in your mailing list. And it's setting you up as the professional that you already are. So I want you guys to consider backwards marketing for your business. I want you to consider these steps, but I do not want you to walk away from this podcast episode thinking that you need to implement every single step. You are the captain of this ship. You get to decide where you're going to go next. So guys, until next time, I want you to keep your marketing simple and keep your message clear. Do you notice how every podcast episode revolves around that? Because keeping things simple and clear will keep it so much more enjoyable for you and so much more easily understood by the people you want to work with. All right, guys, have a great one. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.